Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> oh, hi. All your friends little kids. <laughs> You're tearing me apart, Lisa! <laughs> it's terrible! Movie reviews with... Haley. Ryan and Eric. What's up, guys? Hey there, guys. Welcome to It's Terrible. This is a very, very special episode. I'm so excited for this episode. This episode, we are reviewing The Room and The Disaster Artist. Two related movies, highly related movies. Mm-hmm. Hyper related. As related as two movies could be outside of sequels. Keep your opinion in your pocket. <laughs> Leave your stupid comments in your pocket. <laughs> oh, man. We've been talking about this like since the first or second podcast. Right. So yeah. I mean, neither not one with of you, you guys. Neither but... one of you had seen The Room before. No, no. And when you first heard about The Disaster Artist, was it just when the movie came out? Is when you started hearing about all that? No, or... I had heard about it way back in the day. And I remember hearing that it was really popular because it was so bad. Mm-hmm. And that interested me. Okay. But I never got around to seeing it. Like, it just never... It just never happened, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. I... I don't know what to say. I mean, <laughs> I know that it's going to be bad. I see The Disaster Artist. So good. Love The Disaster Artist. I've seen it twice now. Mm-hmm. And I want to watch it again. My wife wants to watch it again. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. And, and you guys haven't read the book? No. Okay. No, I don't read I would it. recommend you do that. I can't read. <laughs> Truth oh, be told. Ugh, that's why we're doing this. Okay, got it. <laughs> it's I not speak... a book review podcast, no. so. Could've yeah, and I hadn't seen the movie, or I hadn't heard about the movie, sorry, at all until the buzz started happening, until you guys really started talking wow, about it. Wow. So never I'm even heard about less. It, yeah. okay. it was a very cult subculture movie that I just sort of missed out on for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so anyway. sorry. But I think we should give our listeners who are not familiar, even though we would have loved to, for you to have seen both movies so we can really talk it through with you. But if you haven't, maybe Haley, since you selected these, can give us a little background <laughs> on what the heck The Room and The Disaster Artist are. Okay. The Room is this film that came out in 2003, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Correct. 2003. Tommy Wiseau, a weird guy that ends up in San Francisco, and he's in an acting class. That's where he meets his friend Greg Sestero. They become friends. They decide to move to L.A., and Tommy's like, I'm going to make a movie. He writes this script, puts $6 million into making this thing. Really, it's about this guy, Johnny, and his fiance Lisa, and then Lisa cheats on him with his best friend, Mark, and then just shit hits the fan. So it's arguably the worst movie ever made, although... That's what they say. I've seen worse. I mean, have you guys seen some of those Christmas specials on Netflix? They're They're awful. I can't even watch those. This is at least has, like, redeeming qualities because it's so funny, because it's so bad. And the making of this film was just so horrific and drawn out and dramatic. Greg Sestero, ten years later, writes this book called The Disaster Artist that's about the mystery that is Tommy Wiseau and about the making of this film. It's a bestseller. Because honestly, after watching The Room, you have to wonder how the 
fuck does something like that get made? And how the fuck does something like that get seen by so many people? So he writes this book. It's awesome. And then James Franco read the book and wanted to make a movie out of the book. So it's the making of The Room. (sighs) I'm going to have to stop you there. After, like, objectively thinking about it, if I were to have watched The Room first, I would not have been like, how did this come about? I would have thought this is the worst pornography movie I've ever seen. And <laughs> I, have, so I have seen some shitty pornography. Yeah, that's funny because not everyone I know has seen The Room, but you are two of the few people I know that saw The Disaster Artist first without having seen The Room. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me, this is the first movie I've been really excited about in a long time because I've known what The Room is. Mm. And... I also read The Disaster Artist, which is a phenomenal book. And so... When did you read it? I read it earlier this year. Oh, okay. So you you knew the movie was coming out, though. You knew The Disaster Artist was, like, being turned into film when you read it. I read the book and found out about the movie, like, sort of within the same time of each other. Mm. Which I find very interesting because that book had been out for, like, four years. Mm -hmm. And when I read it is when I find out about the movie, which I thought was kind Mm. of cool timing. Yeah. But I think it does really matter what you see first. I mean, your it does. your impression of this with something whole like thing, this, it does totally. Yeah, is different. I mean, if we hadn't seen Disaster Artist first, which is a great movie, which is you know obviously this kind of meta postmodern look at this so thing, so weird, and, and it kind of you know glorifies this movie, we would not like have any interest or care or curiosity or, or elevate the room to anything other than a crappy movie. Right, like, we wouldn't have done that. We would have seen it, and it would have been this cult, silly, weird classic that other people yeah. have seen and kind of, mm-hmm. just kind of make fun of, but for some reason, it, we, we, and we did kind of make fun of it, obviously, because it is very, very silly, but for some reason, it holds a little more cachet, and I don't know if everyone's experience is going to be like that, but that's how mine was, because, like, it's something now. It's a thing. Yeah. I would have watched The Room just to know what it is and to understand the, the phenomenon behind it, mm-hmm. but, I mean, the disaster artist painted it to be yeah. this wonderful <laughs> terrible thing yeah and it was just bad yeah like that's I, the thing i'm not sure what the appeal is because i think with the disaster artist it's more about tommy and less about the room because yes the room in and of itself is just a bad movie mm-hmm. it's so bad it's funny and because tommy wiseau is just so unique and eccentric the disaster artist becomes more about him and like how could a movie like this that's so bad even get made and it's because this insane man with a weird hidden fortune of unlimited funds just put a bunch of money into making this and you know he had a vision he wasn't gonna let anybody change it and his vision was the worst movie ever made yeah really though what you're saying is that the story behind how the movie got made is equally what, it's is what is interesting about the film because I, I didn't. Think, well, I think the film just seeing it and not knowing you know the whole backstory of Tommy Wiseau or anything like that. Like, yeah, you can see from watching the movie, he's a weird guy. Like, what the fuck is happening? Like, this script is awful. Yeah, I think the movie is so bad it's funny. 
I'm peeing myself laughing at how bad it is. I mean, like I said, I've seen some really, really bad movies. Yeah. If I were to like not know anything about the backstory behind the room, mm-hmm. and if I didn't know people loved it, and I had like stumbled upon it on Cinemax, because that is the station it would be on, I would have stopped myself and just turned it off. Right. right. That's so, my point. Yeah. That's, that's where we're coming from different perspectives yeah. than you. I think it's a little bit the cult phenomenon, though. Yeah. Because that's how I heard about it. Mm-hmm. I think the cult phenomenon started getting really big when I was in college because all my friends in college would tell me about it. And then I didn't actually get around to watching the whole thing until about, like, two years ago. So having known... There's this weird guy, Tommy Wiseau, he made a terrible movie, but it's got a cult following because it's so bad. They do screenings of it in major cities all the time. He's such of the screenings. He's a really weird guy. So I'm just like, oh, I have to see this. But that's because I love to watch bad movies anyway, because they're fucking hilarious. And this movie is fucking hilarious. Give us a couple quotes from the movie. I mean, just... But you, you know what? You give, you give me some of your favorite quotes because... I love it when they were calling people chickens and they're like, cheep, 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 cheep. Cheep. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not what a chicken does. I don't know. That's what a baby chick that's, does. I mean, it's cheep, a chick. Cheep, 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 cheep. Like chicken, cheep, cheep. No, I don't think that's right. Or my favorite part was, your point of view is different from mine. Yes. Like, yes. It's gripping dialogue like that throughout yeah. the movie and these like nervous chuckles. By Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a horrible script, terrible actors, like just uh, the worst production value. Even though he spent, I think that's the other thing that makes it so funny, he spent so much money and it's still this shitty. Yeah. I, I, how do you spend $6 million because on a movie like this? Because he bought, in the book, The Disaster Artist, he kind of goes through how it got to be so expensive because with Tommy, and it shows us in the movie too, when he bought the equipment instead of renting it. Mm-hmm. So he bought all this super expensive equipment yeah. that normally you would rent. That must be like a million, two million dollars there or something like that, Something right? exorbitant, yes. Right. So that, and then he had to pay for all these. They shot, you know, there at the little studio lot where he bought the equipment. He had all these sets, like, built and rebuilt, and then... Yeah, he just, like, there's nothing he wouldn't spend money on if he didn't think it was going to be perfect for this, like, big Hollywood, you know. In his mind, it was just, like, all-American Hollywood blockbuster. No no Mickey Mouse stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so funny because it takes place in this little room Mm -hmm. in this little cruddy apartment with all these, you know, obvious outdoor scenes that are shot, you know, elsewhere and everything. If he had the budget... You could have made kind of a nice big, you know, friends style apartment, or you could have had more. I don't know. I mean, just better sets and better. Yeah, and that's why it's so funny because so much money and such a skewed vision of such what great. it should be. So it's not even really that the money was was spent in the wrong places. It's that he didn't understand the process at all. Mm-hmm. This is what you do. To film a movie, like first time director, like like what do you know about directing? Not much. Not much. Like okay, well here's six million dollars. What are you gonna make? You know what I mean? Just okay. Well, I want it to take place in this room, and like (laughs) I just he just didn't even know where to start. You know what I mean? It's just being thrust into this really complex, just impulsive, 
like it's a world you, where trial and error has been worked out for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Well, you and, know, and he wasn't open to learning. Right. He's kind of. I mean, we, I would like to talk a lot more about Tommy and who he is and his background and all that stuff in a, in a little bit. But I mean, he is kind of like a narcissist. He's a narcissist, right? He has this very yeah grandiose vision of who he is. He thinks yeah. he's really good looking. He thinks he's really smart and funny and great actor. And he clearly sees himself very differently than other people see him. His point of view is different than mine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Which like, I just want to make a disclaimer here. I love Tommy Wiseau, and I'm probably going to meet him someday, and I want to be his friend, so I'm not. we're not shitting on Tommy Wiseau. Oh, no, not we at all. You. No, I think he's absolutely fascinating. Yeah. He's a fascinating character. It would yeah. be interesting to meet him. Character? But, <laughs> I mean, character like, you know, you're a character. <laughs> yeah, he no. not real. No, we. But he sort of seems like a character in some ways, actually. Um, He's so unapologetically himself, and that's a that's a trait I always find very magnetic about people. Mm -hmm. They mentioned something about an accident, a way of wild. Yeah, yeah. I kind of they they yeah, and I'm like, was that a turning point in his cognitive? No, I wondered about that too. Like, I think there's something that may have happened. I think yeah, yeah. He was in a major car accident, and that effect, there was some head trauma. Yeah, and I think that, that made him That may play into it. Yeah. But he did make a pile of money before that, I'm guessing. Or you know what? I thought we were going to learn that there was the insurance money or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, I was kind of thinking that too, but so much money. Like, who did the president of the United States hit him or something? You know what I mean? Like, Or like a muni bus? Or I mean, it could have been a... You know, any number of things. He got hit every single year by a different mail truck. (laughs) (laughs) They say, the the movie leaves these, like, three mysterious elements of Tommy. They don't know where he's from. (laughs) They don't know how much money he has. And they don't know how old he is. They don't know how old he is. Right. I imagine that because I believe he's from somewhere in Europe and maybe not necessarily one place, I'm under the impression he went to several different countries as a child and i think that it was one affected his dialect is that what you're getting no i wasn't talking about his accent i'm talking about how i think he grew up in times and his own childhood was very traumatic and like derelict Mm. and i don't know that he actually knows when his own birthday is Mm. i feel like he was maybe in a situation where he didn't have oh maybe a family with access to, you know, those, like, records. Like, I don't know. Like, that's my kind of thing is I don't yeah. know that he knows what his own birthday is. Yeah. I home alone a lot too, Greg. <laughs> yeah. But, but real, in real life. But real life. And I'm trying to remember, because <laughs> in the book it talks about his childhood just, like, a little bit, like, stories that he would tell. And I don't remember if it says he was orphaned or not, but that was kind of the impression I was getting. Oh, Okay. And then when he was very young, I think he lived with some relatives or something. And then when he was very young, he moved to New Orleans. Which is where he says he's from. Yes, which is where he says he's from. Mm -hmm. Huh. Yeah. Clearly not. But on Jimmy Kimmel. I think he moved there when he was like 13 or something. Yeah, it was Kimmel. Kimmel. He did say, oh, I'm from Eastern Europe. And didn't really say much more, right? Yeah. Yeah. So at least we have one mystery cleared up. <laughs> sort of. Sort of, yeah. Right. Eastern Europe is a very large chunk of land. Yeah. That's why I kind of like think Bulgaria. it was sort of like, he's not really from one place. Yeah. Yeah. He could be a gypsy. 
He is very gypsy esque. Yeah. I believe true. they prefer the term Roma, so. Okay. I, I prefer that too, honestly. <laughs> it just sounds better. I will use Roma because I, you know, I. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I am deeply offended. <laughs> oh, God. My favorite parts are like, I love when, what's his name? Michelle's boyfriend, the cake eater with his the underwears. Cake eater. <laughs> and the chocolate eater. Mike. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, it was Michelle's boyfriend, Mike. Michelle and Mike, come on. I mean, you got to be right. But. Yeah, because that's there's no one else on this list it could be. So I think his name is Mike. <laughs> so when she's like giving him a blowjob, he still, it just still looks like he's eating chocolate. He makes that stupid <laughs> he face. He makes his face. He's like chewing. Yeah. And then in that one scene when they're in the alley playing football, and for no reason he's like, I experienced a tragedy. He talks about leaving his underwear behind <laughs> at their house. And he's like, and then her mom was holding up me underwears. <laughs> and then Mark comes over and he's like, hey, tell him your story and about your underwear. <laughs> and Mark is like, underwear? What's that? <laughs> One of the things I, I wonder about is because he is established as European now, the cognitive shift between learning like German and Romanian and these different languages around, you know, Eastern Europe and then coming to America and learning English, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times you speak to people who are foreign and they have like broken English. And I often wonder what it's like for them to start to learn and think in English, you know? Mm -hmm. So like if you speak in broken English, do you think in German or whatever? It's almost like the next phase of like, okay, so you speak English fairly well. Now, in your brain, when you write it down, it's like the most broken English. And that's kind of what came out, you know? I think I do. Screenwriting-wise. Screenwriting 101. It was very <laughs> basic, very immature sort of... Stuff. Repetitive, and very the, repetitive. Also, repetitive. You know, wasn't it so repetitive? It was repetitive. They repeated stuff a lot. <laughs> they did repeat stuff a lot. They were repeating. Yes. So, like when she would repeat the line that she's like, "I don't love him anymore, mom." Yes, like, like mom. How many times do I have to tell you this? Their mom was like, "He's a good man. You should marry him." And then, of course, the breast cancer thing that never, never comes like, back. Like I love the things they throw in for a dramatic effect that just go nowhere. Like the mom with the breast cancer, or Denny with the drug dealer. Which, by the way, oh. the drug dealer with the gun was the best actor in that film, hands down. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, he had the most real raw emotion. Yeah, true. <laughs> hey, Denny. Oh, hi, Chris R. <laughs> they have yeah, to address him with his last initial. Yeah. yeah. Can we just call him Chris? No, it's Chris R. Let's take him to the police. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, the, the dialogue was, I think there was a clearly a language gap, right? Mm -hmm. But I think there was, like, an emotional gap, too. Like, there's an EQ, emotional quotient, there's IQ and EQ. I think the mm. EQ of this movie was pretty low, too. <laughs> I think all of it was All low. of it was pretty low. But it's like, I don't like him anymore. I mean, lines like yeah. that, like what you say when you're in the third grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or how... Listen, that's what I'm saying. His, his grasp of the language, you know. But it's language, his... but I think, I honestly think that he may have done the same kind of stuff, even in his mother tongue. No, I, th I think that's a good I, yeah. point. I think, and it coming together makes it even like compounded. Yeah, exactly. Because 
every time somebody had feelings for somebody else, including Denny, it was, I think I love this person. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I have feelings for this person now and I love them, you know, and it's I love them and I love them. And it's just this love is just being thrown out. It's like the only description for how you can feel more positively and sexually towards this other person. You know what I mean? So you know how he tells people, I'm from New Orleans, I'm American, I'm all-American guy, I throw the football, let's play football, and, you know, and making the room. I think it's his vision of what an American dramatic love story is. And so everything is going to be over the top, everything's going to be love and sex and murder and drugs. Like, those are the tenets of a very mm. dramatic, you know, mm-hmm. big-budget American kind of the film. Cliche because I think film. when he escaped his European, you know, life <laughs> or whatever, he's like, I'm in America, I'm going to be American, this is what I want, this is me, I'm just submerging myself in this. Like Tennessee Williams. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that made me wonder, too, about the money, first of all, good point. I think that's a good spot on. But for the money, because there's a lot of, like, European really old money that that might be part of it and then Mm -hmm. in the room Mm -hmm. in the actual room he talks about how he can't cash this check because it's from another from another another state but maybe he tells that story about the check yeah and I say hi yeah there could have been some money there I also think that it is known that he owns some clothing warehouse or clothing wholesale business in San Francisco. It must be belts. Double belts. (laughs) All the belts. (laughs) Jackets and jeans. (laughs) So he very well could just distribute mass quantities of generic garments to stores around the country. Yeah. As generic as Because again, they talk about, and you should read the book because the disaster artist, because it's much more detailed about him if you want to. Maybe he imports it from Eastern Europe. He could. You, you never well, know. everything we have is imported. Yeah, but not I don't a lot think there's U.S. It could, well, since he's like so hardcore about the U.S. So Tommy Wiseau directed, wrote, and starred in The Room. Mm-hmm. Now, triple threat. as we were talking about before, one of the things that I really appreciated was that James Franco directed, well, it actually doesn't say that he wrote it now. In, he adapted it, probably, right? He right. Probably he had, on a team that adapted it, I'm guessing. We got more credits here. We're just going to splice this out. Oh, yeah, I, guess I don't he didn't. think he wrote it. Oh, okay. Well, he directed oh. and starred. He stayed in character. He method acted. Mm-hmm. Did he? The whole, yeah. The whole movie. As, while he was directing. Method acting as. So, I yeah, mean, that's. that's, awesome. that's I mean, brilliant. I wouldn't put it past James Franco to do something like that. I mean, yeah. he's. Can we just call out the fact that you're wearing a James Franco yes, shirt? Yes, my with, James Franco shirt. With represents. millions of little James Franco cutout faces. face all over my upper body. Do How's you have, feel? So good. Do you I love bet. him? Do you love him, Haley? <laughs> <laughs> I would do anything for my prince. <laughs> can, can we talk I'm about tired, the... <laughs> I'm wasted, and I love you, darling. <laughs> can, we, can we talk about the sex scenes? Let's talk about the sex. Oh. I mean, I only say that (laughs) because they're these long four-minute lovemaking sessions. Is that like twice as long as it takes you? And two of them are the same scene. It's pretty long, man. (laughs) No, I mean, for a movie. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And it's obviously really poorly done. And and two of them are just the same one, re-spliced. Yeah. And we've commented on this before as we were watching it, that 
it felt like a porno. The yeah, dialogue, a bad softcore porn. Softcore porn kind of led to, oh hi, you're here to clean my pool. Okay, <laughs> let's go inside and I'll get you a lemonade. <laughs> right? I mean, it, it, it pretty much had it's that hot feel in to it. Here. <laughs> it had just transition to sex, transition to sex. Yeah, trans- but the best part about that though is every single time how confused Mark acted. Yeah, he's like, what are you doing with the candles and the wine? The sexy dress. What's going on here? And every time she starts taking off her clothes, he's like, what are you doing? Wow, dude. Uh, I can't do it. Johnny's my best friend. And then he just turned like that. Yeah. Yeah, later on. Yeah. So So good. So rough. So good. Well, I'm so happy you guys finally got to see it. I was, honestly, I was worried that you guys were watching The Disaster Artist before The Room. Um, I'm really glad. Because I, I thought did. it would have messed with your expectations, but I'm also glad to have this perspective. Like, you guys are just mm-hmm. seeing this all at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, so you know about it from the disaster artist, and the disaster artist is great, and now you're seeing this terrible film that it makes fun of. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, James Franco was mesmerizing in this role. Absolutely. It was really good. I I felt like, I mean... The movie is only hour and 44 minutes, but it felt like it was a part of my life. You know what I mean? I left the movie theater the first time and just felt like I was going to be hearing James Franco as Tommy with me forever. Mm-hmm. And I <laughs> yeah. just was looking forward to it's it. It's the you know? role he was born to play. He's basically a modern day Tommy Wiseau. I don't know about that. Only slightly more good looking, maybe? I don't know. Well, Well, don't tell Tommy about it. Tommy, I love you. James Franco is a fantastic entertainer. He's so great. Hey, hey, how about that Dave Franco, huh? You weren't a fan. Are you a fan now? My boy, Dave Franco. I mean, he was good in this. He was good in this. I don't know. Like, I like Dave Franco. I think it's his voice that bothers me the most. Yeah. I think it's the way he talks. There are certain roles that I absolutely hated him in, but I love him as a person. You know what I mean? I just don't think he naturally, no one would naturally speak that way. I think every time he talks, it's like he's trying too hard. I'm trying to, to talk be... right now. In real life? Or, or sorry, in other movies or just this movie? Every movie I've mm. ever seen him in. Because I'm saying that would be perfect for this because Greg is not supposed to be the best actor and he's not supposed to be the suavest dude. But so it every, makes sense, but movie, every other every movie, Every movie yeah. I've ever seen yeah. Dave Franco and the way he talks, I'm just like, why are you talking like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he, I'm like, yeah, he's a good actor. He's a Franco brother. They're beautiful together. I thought they were cousins initially. I before would, before I, I knew about this movie, I like thought they were cousins. I love that they're like a brother movie making, yeah. you know. I've always wanted to get my brother to do something in the movies. With this is sounding weird. <laughs> Hmm. I have a brother, and I think it would be fun to make a movie with him. That's All right. what I'm trying to say. And what about his baby? What about her? Is Huntress going to be a part of this? Huntress? <laughs> I had to bring it in, Haley. I yeah. Have, we I have got, to talk I about I got it. a niece named Huntress. What of it? That's awesome. Yeah. They're yeah. hippies, and they live in Huntress. the mountains. So what, would, wow. what are you going to name your baby <laughs> That's not a boy after all. Aquaman. <laughs> Aquaman. Aquawoman. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, they thought it was a boy, and so they called it Hunter, <laughs> and then they found out it wasn't a boy. This was after it was born, by the way. Found out it wasn't a boy. How long did it take them to figure it out? Hours. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. A lot of time in the mountains. Yeah. 
and then they're like, well, we're not going we're not gonna name her just yet. We're gonna see what kind of vibe we get from her. And then it's Huntress was the vibe they got. So they put a bow in her and sent her out into the. Oh no! They would. They took away the cigar. They, yeah, they took away the cigar and the, gave the, her. A, yeah, a butterfly head wow. wrap. <laughs> I'm sorry. About that. That's fine. Awesome. She's gonna be no, an awesome. Person. She's adorable. She's um, a cutie patootie. Back to the the movie. There, we didn't mention there's so many cameos in this. So, so many. many cameos. I mean, from actually fairly famous people who yes. who somehow wanted to be a part of this. I mean, I, I, they I must have, have begged. Oh my god! Well, I mean, you don't have a lot of work right now, Haley. I mean, hey. it's, it, whoa, oh, whoa! She's cat sitting on the regular. So I'm sorry, I pet you're great. And house sit constantly. I mean, in the industry. I do this podcast constantly. Okay. You know what? Let's just skip past that part. I have a blog, <laughs> sir. <laughs> What's that blog? Unmatchmodesty.wordpress.com. In case you didn't know. It's a great one. But I mean... <laughs> you never read it. I've heard it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's about, you know, uh, stuff, you know, like going out and hanging out and doing things. Oh, he has read it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> going out and doing Riveting. things. Anyway. Can we read some of the people who were in this movie? Absolutely. That I was surprised and you were surprised. So about? obviously Dave and James Franco, as we talked about, Seth Rogen, Ari Granor, girl. <laughs> well, you someone really has, drew out her name. You, well, someone has a crush on her. You mm-hmm. give me a call. Hmm. Uh, Allison Brie, Paul yeah. Shear. Yeah, love that was Paul great. Shear. Uh, Zach Efron. As the drug dealer was so great. So Dude, did they? I take... was sitting there and I was like, "That's Zach Efron," and. Katie sitting next to her. She's like, no, it's not. I was like, listen. <laughs> I spent years lusting. I, <laughs> I think I know Zach Efron when I see him. Yeah, I have the first Teen Bob And then at the me. end, when it like shows the credits, she's like, oh my God, that was Zach Efron. I was like, were you not listening when I said? Yeah, how dare but, you? But know? you know, like in the movie... I think there was like some contractual thing where he had his beer shaved and he was in the theater. He's like, that was me. Zac Efron wanted people to know that was him because most people w- couldn't tell with his beard. I didn't know. Until later in the movie where they were watching the screening, uh-huh. he mentions that. I Did you see him. that? Huh? I knew it was him. I didn't know it was him. But I thought it was kind of funny. I'm like, huh. Josh Hutcherson as Denny yes. was really good. Mm-hmm. Who is with that famed from... Terrible haircut. Yes. Hunger Games, El right. Mockingbird. Peter. Oh, Sharon Stone? She was the agent? That's right, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And even, like, yeah, Megan Mullally as... Um, Melanie Griffith, dude. Yeah, that's who was training teacher. Katie called I, that I one, called her, actually. I called her Meg She's like, oh, my God, Melanie Griffith. It kind of Meg Ryan. But yeah, Hannibal Burris. Yeah, Jason Mansukas as the guy that sells the, the film equipment. Mm-hmm. Like, every uh, single yeah. role in this movie was an awesome cameo. Yeah. God, it's amazing they'd want to be a part of it. It's a cult thing. They must have seen it and got... Dude, James, I want in. Yeah, I just, oh, I wish, I wish you understood. I know, I didn't get to organically come up. Hold on a second. With the room, there's a Tom Franco. Yeah, that's their dad. What? No, I'm just kidding. Click on it. I don't know who is that. That's got to be. Who is this guy? That's got to be their dad, right? Or another brother? Yeah, he was born in Palo Alto. It's got to be their other sibling. Wow. Kinda looks yeah, like there's him. a third Franco. I'm pretty sure. I mean, you think big part of the bio would mention yeah, brother that. of James and Dave Franco. Dope. That's that's right. I remember. There's a third Franco. What brother. was he? Just like there's in. a third Olsen twin, but she's not a twin. <laughs> Is she normal? 
she, is she normal? Yeah, what do you normal. mean by that? Yeah. Uh, I'm casting stones. I'm just asking. I love Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> Did you stay till the end of the disaster artist? Did you see the post credit scene? Who would have thought there would be a post credit scene? When 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 they showed the matching of the two scenes, no. that was right wow. after. After the credits, end. all the credits. Oh, I don't know if I did. Okay, well, that's a good reason to go back. I know yeah, you want to go back. you got to see the end of credit scene. Tommy Wiseau has a post-credit cameo. Mm-hmm. What's he doing? And it is wonderful. It's great. It's so good. It's worth seeing. Mm-hmm. It really is. I don't want to tell you too much about it now. That's one spoiler we shan't give. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Uh, Kelly Oxford. Wow. Yeah, I didn't notice that. What's her name? Christine Yee as the costume. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's great. Yeah. <laughs> haven't seen her in a while. Oh, and Kristen, Kristen Bell's in it, too. Remember? Well, they were giving oh, the that's interviews. Oh, right, that's right. Yeah, J.J. Yeah. The... Abrams. Oh, Judd Apatow is the producer in the restaurant. Mm, the, yes. like, hostess comes over and apologizes. He's like, yeah, way to rush over. He got through two acts of Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. Danny McBride, Adam Scott. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Kevin yeah. Smith. Yeah, so many good comedians. In case we missed any big names like uh, Zach Braff. <laughs> Where was he? It says uncredited. <laughs> I know, but how does Zach Braff sneak in and nobody notices? That's Maybe he did. Like, okay, oh, Brian Cranston, remember him? Oh, right, Brian Malcolm Cranston. in the Middle. Yeah, that weird Malcolm in the Middle thing. Ooh, that was a tough, tough moment. Oh, yeah, poor Greg Sestero. He could have been somebody. Maybe he is somebody. I mean, he's somebody. <laughs> His mom loves him. His mom from... Megan Mullally. Yeah. yeah. She's great. Will and Grace. Grace. Thanks. Good thing. Yeah. <laughs> We got it, guys. <laughs> but one thing the movie did at the end was they showed how they showed the scene side by side. That was amazing from the disaster artist oh, in yes. the room, and they were so spot on. Not only were the actors doing things fantastically, yeah. but the scene work, the camera, the angles, the lighting—it's yeah. fantastic. If I were an actor, I would have loved to have been in the disaster. Oh, he's in the retro puppet master, so he's clearly made it. I've probably yeah, he's seen had that. work. It's kind of a joke, but. I'm not. I'm not joking. <laughs> oh, he's in Dubro Party Massacre 3. So, yeah. I mean, so he's big. Holy <laughs> shit. That is a great fucking shit, name. Shit, all right. Those... Why'd you leave your stupid comments in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> also from the movie. Oh. God, I just... I love both of these movies, and mm-hmm. I love the package that they come in mm-hmm. together, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I have to think about it. Yeah. It's like, it's a package deal. And I have to love the room because I love the Disaster Artist so much, right. so much. I'm gonna buy it and watch it all the time. It's weird <laughs> how much I love the Disaster Artist. I really it is do. A little bit. It's I'm actually, to, yeah. it's, you're coming on very strong. <laughs> I just, I, it was so captivating. Yeah. And there's something about it. That's the thing. Is there's something it's about, about it. it? Both of these movies that you really can't look away from. Yeah. yeah. It's riveting. For yeah. sure. Although I did admit I would have looked away from the room if I had watched it yeah. and not known what it again, was. Because again, like, it's really cool that you guys are just experiencing all this like right now as this movie's coming out and you're just kind of in this one moment. Whereas, like I said, this is a movie that I've been excited Years for, for a long making. time. You know, after having seen The Room and reading The Disaster Artist, and then finding out that James Franco, of all people, is going to make a movie of that book, just like in my mind, it was just like, this makes so much sense, and I know it's going to be awesome. Manifest And how exciting for that to, like, be something for me to look forward to. Yeah. Because it's all about me and my life rules. (laughs) (laughs) Right now? Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. 
So there was really, really great lines in The Disaster Artist. Yes. What was some of your guys' favorite scenes or lines or anything? Oh, gosh. Oh, man. It's hard to pick just one. Well, you guys are milling it about because okay. I've got mine loaded guns right mm-hmm. here. The scene when Dave Franco, Greg, sees Tommy Wiseau act for the first time on mm-hmm. stage and he's doing the Stella! Yeah, and he's just like climbing in front Stella! of him. <laughs> and like the look on his face, man, he is just like. You can so literally. Inspired. Just amazing. Amazing how he reacts to that. And that sets the movie into such a pivotal motion of, I understand why this guy is going to do anything that this guy says. Mm -hmm. Wherever he goes, he's going to be there. Like, you can just instantly see how much he looks up to him. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It was a beautiful, beautiful moment. I thought the non-secretary dialogue... When the guys are all talking, I think they're in the room and they're starting to talk about girls and all of that. And they're like, hey, you can go to Beta Breakers and run yeah. the thing. Hey, let's I think I'm going to get a bigger place. I'm yeah. making good money. Yeah. I'm, hey, you want to play some cards? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I have to go meet Lisa. Oh, you guys want to eat something? I mean, they're going back and forth. It's like, yeah. what is happening? Mm-hmm. No one got to edit that script at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like they did a good job during The Disaster Artist when Greg reads the script. He finishes it, and you can tell he's got a lot to say, but it's his friend, and he wants to be encouraging, Mm -hmm. and he's like, wow, you know? (laughs) And it's just, there's a lot portrayed and unsaid in that moment. It was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow, man, your car is so nice. Yeah, that was good. That was, yeah. All your friends' little kids. Yeah. <laughs> None of my friends have cars like this. Yeah, and then when they move, Mark's mom comes out to meet yeah. Tommy. And she's like, hi, so why are you so interested in my son? She's like, how old are you? And he's like, I'm uh, 19. And she's like, you're 19? Really? Okay, well, I'm 14. And he's like, oh, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Your mom's crazy. Yeah, it was just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And when he's like... Greg announces that he's going to move in with his girlfriend and breaks the news to Tommy. He's like, oh, it's impossible. I cannot have three people. He's like, like, no, 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 no. I'm saying somewhere else. God. I just love that his bond is so, like, unbreakable and unshakable that he's Mm -hmm. like, well, he wouldn't move out. You know, like, he's my friend. He's going to stay with me. Mm-hmm. Like, so blind to his world, you know? Tommy's world yeah. is really... Tommy's planet is really just a, a yes, Tommy's centralized planet. theme. And it's so so true <laughs> and so, so cool how it wraps around everything. Yeah. I think maybe, like, that idea of Tommy's planet is kind of why I kind of felt like when I was leaving the movie theater that I felt like I was still a part of Tommy's planet. Mm-hmm. That's kind of it. Yeah. 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 Yep. Absolutely. And it's a it's a profitable movie. Let's don't let's not forget that. Yeah, that was the shocking. Room is now in the black. It's made six million dollars in revenue yes. to offset the six million in expenses. Which <laughs> six million. Like I expenses. I can't wrap my head around how many. 11.30 p.m. screenings there must have been over the last 14 years to actually get that money. It's I, bizarre. Like, there's been a lot. Like I, To me, the math adds up. Six million dollars. Yeah. Because you think about 
how many millions of dollars like big blockbuster movies make on opening weekends? Yeah. So that many people in one weekend, you think that spread out over 15 years. I bet I don't think it's anywhere near that big. I don't know. We'd have to do the math. These are probably <laughs> small theaters, right? They're probably... I think people have done the math. And you used well, to live in LA. I know you it should ha- know about these. I mean, I know about these, but I don't know about this particular movie. And I don't know how it's possible to make $6 million on this movie. It's crazy. But hey, it happened. So <laughs> if happened. you can be like, I can understand how they can spend $6 million, yeah. <laughs> but I don't understand how they can I don't know how they spent $6 million either, to be honest. This is all, the math is bizarre. Eric has no concept of money. <laughs> yeah. This, it's, it blows my mind, all of it. It's crazy. Yeah. It's the whole okay. thing is math pretty is wild. Hard. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How's lady math working out? <laughs> so good. So easy. One plus one equals shoes. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, speaking of shoes, uh, we have another episode coming up right after this that is a... Star Wars special. Yeah, yeah. It's coming out really soon. You know, a few days after this one. Yeah, race. it's coming up after this. It's going to be great. You're going to like it. These We're are two... definitely not recording these together. <laughs> Hot. These are hot episodes, guys. We don't do this all the time. Sometimes it's just, you know, nice to mix it up. So we'll see you in a couple of days, right? For the other recording. Right, that's coming. You are my rose. You are my rose. <laughs> doing a mashup. Cool, cool. Well, guys, uh, it's, it, it's, I mean, I don't really even know what to say it's at this point. It's been bizarre. It's been real. You've been me apart, Lisa! We would love to hear from you guys. Uh, questions, thoughts, concerns, suggestions. Uh, shoot us an email. It's terriblemoviereviews at gmail. Hey, we're also on Twitter. <laughs> it's. <laughs> yeah, hey, we are. Go for it. Hell yeah, yeah we're. Fucking handles, you guys. <laughs> it's terrible 2017. And we're uh, on Facebook. Just, like, search for it. You know, it's no big deal. <laughs> it's terrible movie reviews. Come on. Instagram. <laughs> oh, it's terrible movie reviews. <laughs> we're on we, LinkedIn. We do one at a time and we pass it around. <laughs> we're on LinkedIn. You can we're very professional. Are we on LinkedIn? We're on LinkedIn. come to your home. <laughs> <laughs> Cheap party tricks, balloon animals. <laughs> oh, you guys. guys. It's been... It's been real. We can't do that again. It's, no. it's been fine. Yeah. <laughs> what? It's been, it's been swell. It's been awesome. I would do anything for my princess. <laughs> <laughs> it's been terrible. terrible.